This is Spunky. And Snarky. And we say, welcome Welcome to to the the show. So it's Father's Day weekend and we decided that this week we're going to review one of our father's favorite comedies ever, My Cousin Benny. Sadly, our dad passed away last year, so this is our Father's Day tribute to him. I think a lot of us need some laughter right now, and this is a great movie to have a great time with. For sure. So My Cousin Vinny opened on March 13th, 1992 and stars Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. The comedy between these two is hilarious. This is definitely not one for the kids, though, so put them away because <laughs> there's <laughs> lots of F-bombs and it's fucking fantastic. So the film opens with Bill and Stan who are uh, traveling across the country because they're going to UCLA. And they're driving somewhere in Alabama and decide to stop off at a sack of suds convenience store. <laughs> I don't know why I went with a southern accent there, but whatever. And, you know, the, to pick up some food on the cheap for their road trip to California. So they're haggling with the guy, making him fill up his drink, and they leave when Bill finds out that he accidentally pocketed a can of tuna. And they're like, eh, whatever, shit happens. So they're driving down the highway, and they get pulled over. And Stan is all like, you know what they do to people in Alabama, right? If you get pulled over, the police, you know, pull a gun on them and tell them to get out of the car. And they're like, what is going on? And they get arrested and they're being interrogated and they're like, what is going on? Like, why is this happening over a can of tuna? But the way it is set up is so funny. Yeah, because they just think, oh, we stole a can of tuna. Like, if they admit to it, they're not hiding the fact. But they don't understand that that's they're not really why they got arrested. being booked <laughs> for murder. Boom, boom, boom. So, like, they're with Stan, and he's talking about, like, how you ate it a bed at him. And he was like, I didn't even know what was happening. Like, it just, I found out about it after in the car. And he's like, well, why didn't you, like, stop and do something about it? And he's thinking it's about the damn tuna. So he's like, he's my friend. And the, yeah. And the cop's like, you murdered someone. Like, And so, like, they're talking with Ralph Macchio. And it's like, so when did you shoot the clerk? And he's like, I, sh- I shot the clerk? Question mark. And, but they don't <laughs> take it as a question mark. They and take so it as a statement. They realize they're in deep shit. So he calls his mom for help. And because they need a lawyer and they're like oh no problem my cousin Vinny <laughs> so then you see Vinny and his fiance Mona Lisa Vito come into Alabama and they're like in their like New York Italian duds and shit like their leather and <laughs> pinky rings yeah <laughs> and so they're in their podunk town and then Vinny goes to see them and you kind of discover that Vinny isn't really a trial lawyer. No. So he's only been practicing law for six weeks. He yeah. just passed the bar after six tries, I think it was. Yeah. And he's a personal injury lawyer. <laughs> yeah. He's never done a murder case. Or been to trial at all. Yeah. So Vinny meets with the judge and goes over his credentials and he fibs about some things. 
he tells him he has 16 years experience. The judge hates him, basically. So throughout the movie, he's on him because Vinny shows up in the leather jacket. He's got an attitude in court. Like this judge, Herman Munster, hates him. <laughs> As a kid, when I first saw this movie, I didn't realize that was Herman Munster until like way later. <laughs> because he has a southern accent too in the movie. Yeah, and he doesn't have he's not his Frankenstein or whatever he says. <laughs> Frankenstein makeup. <laughs> Yeah. They go to arraignment and all he has to say is guilty, not guilty. And Vinny just like wants to present the case. He doesn't understand. It's like a prelim. The judge gets pissed off and basically throws him in contempt. So they're all going to jail, basically. Yeah. So Stan decides he wants to go with the public defender because Vinny is just not cutting it. Bill's like, I think we should go with the public defender too. But Vinny convinces him like he can do this. Just give him a chance. Meanwhile, Marissa Torme's character, Lisa, Vinny's girlfriend, tries to hustle some money because Vinny's been thrown in jail like a bunch of times for contempt of court. And she gets stiffed by this guy. So Vinny like goes to get the money. He's like, I'm not going to negotiate with you. And it's a really funny scene because he's like, mm, am I going to get my ass kicked or are you going to give me $200? Let me decide which would be better. But maybe I should make a counter offer where I kick your ass and you give me the $200. So he basically like cons <laughs> this like dumbass redneck guy. And then he's like, oh, well, I don't have the money right now. So he's he's like, like, get the money and I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, all this stuff is happening. So... You got Vinny and uh, the girlfriend at the hotels and every single day they're getting woken up. First, it's like a whistle at some factory that goes off at five in the morning. Then it's like some pigs that are being taken out at to some other thing. To the slaughter. <laughs> There's a train, all this stuff. So he hasn't like slept more than like two hours in like five days. That's going on. Then he decides that, you know, he wants to talk to the witnesses and stuff. He figures out he can do that but then he's like okay i want to get into the prosecution's file so i'm gonna go hunting with him and kind of finesse him and so he goes and trotter the prosecutor just like gives him the files and he's like i'm the bomb he comes back <laughs> and meanwhile back at the hotel lisa's been like looking through his law book that the judge gave him yeah and she's like he has to give you the files it's called disclosure you dickhead <laughs> Lisa's character is like the best. Their back and forth banter is like, it's yeah, just comedy gold. Because she doesn't take shit from him. She tries to be nice and help him, but then like, if he gives her like some attitude, she gives it right back. He's like, I want you to be supportive when he did bad in trial. And she's like, oh, you want me to be supportive? Oh, you were the greatest. <laughs> yeah. You had that judge wrapped around your finger, like yeah, being she's super, super sarcastic. Yeah. And it's Snarky, the best. one would say. But before Vinny goes hunting with the, the prosecutor, like that's one of my favorite scenes ever from when I was a kid because she's all like gets upset because they're gonna go deer hunting and she's like you're gonna shoot some poor innocent deer and then goes on this whole rampage because he's like trying to figure out what pants he wants to wear and she's like <laughs> she's super upset and she's like imagine your deer <laughs> you're just prancing along you put your deer lips down to the cool clear water to take a drink the bam some motherfucker blows your brains out. Now I ask you, do you give a shit about what kind of motherfucking pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? I mean, it, it's classic. It's classic. That's like my favorite line ever. 
So Trotter invited Vinny to stay at his cabin in the woods so he could get some sleep. But when he gets there, he can't sleep because there's like this owl making this crazy screeching noise. Oh my God. Like, so he tries to like shoot at it, but of course he misses. So they end up sleeping in the car in like the middle of this like grassy field and it rains. So the next day they wake up and they've got to go to court and they're late because they actually slept. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets out of the car and he tries to step and he slips in the mud. Yeah. And so he opens the trunk and he's trying to find something to get unstuck out of the mud, like a piece of wood or something. And unbeknownst to him, his suit was in a bag. And it accidentally gets flung into the mud. This is the only suit he has because he was wearing like a leather jacket and didn't own a suit. So he's like, fuck, what am I going to do? Yeah, because he doesn't want to get contempt of court again. Yeah, so they head into town. The cleaners is closed. The only store that sells suit like is closed because everyone has the flu. So basically they get this suit from the secondhand store and he looks like a temptation. It's kind of funny though, in a way, <laughs> sidebar, because it kind of looks like the suit our dad wore at his wedding. <laughs> totally a wedding suit. It's kind of like a bronzy orange color. Our dad's is more like a brown. Only our dad. It was ugly. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> ugly. But, you know, it was the 70s and they loved the And my earth dad tones. had a wonderful choices of color, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, yeah, we had an orange bathroom. Let's not talk about it. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, he has to wear this like ridiculous suit and it's got like a penguin tail. But seriously, if he had a microphone and like did a Motown spin. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does look like something like any like yeah. old Motown. Like bird. the like, stylistics the o- or something would be The wearing. OJs or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And of course, like while he's running around, the dude with the <laughs> $200 shows up. And he's like, I don't have time for you. And he's like, I got your money. And he's like, you going to fight me now? And he's, he just punches and tackles him to the ground. And then like grabs the money and walks off because he ain't got time for that shit. He shows up to court in this suit. He's already late. And the judge is like, what the fuck? He's like, are you mocking me? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, I didn't want to wear the leather jacket because I know you hate it. And the suit was dirty. So I wore this for you. Yeah. And later he still ends up going to jail. But that's beside the point. <laughs> trial starts and the prosecution makes their opening statement and Vinny's so tired because you know he hasn't been sleeping that he's like half asleep and then they call him to do his statement he's just like whatever that guy said was bullshit that's it (laughs) and walks off and the judge of course is pissed because he said bullshit he's like it was bullshit thank you and he's like everything will be stricken from the record except for thank you (laughs) yeah then the public defender has his turn to make his statement. Well, he's got a nervous stutter, so he's like taking like five hours just to get a sentence out. So you think he's going to do good because he looks like Mr. Rogers or whatever. He kind of sounds like him too, which is kind of weird. And But he like gets up and he's like, members of the... J- 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 yeah he's like stuttering on every other word (laughs) jury yeah so he has stage fright and can't public speak yeah so he sucks he's basically spitting in the jurors faces they call the first witnesses and the prosecution examines them and then now it's Vinny's turn to cross-examine the first witness this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie so he interviews the first witness who claims that while he was making breakfast, he heard the shot from the sack of suds and saw the defendants fleeing the scene. So Vinny starts asking him, oh, you know, what did you have for breakfast? And he says, I had grits. And I was like, 
where they ate instant grits. And it's like, no self-respecting Southerner has instant grits. Because it said it took him five minutes that he saw the guys going in. And five minutes later, the shot and everything because he had his breakfast. So he's like, well, it takes everyone else 20 minutes to make grit. So do the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove? And like when he realizes like, oh shit, Vinny like will not stop hounding him. He's like, did you get these grits from the same guy who gave Jack his magic beanstalk beans? (laughs) Are you sure about that time? Are you sure about those five minutes? (laughs) And then he's like, no. And he basically makes the guy crack. And then, and then he's like, I'm done with him. (laughs) That's instead of saying, like, no further questions, he's just like, I'm done. I got no more use for this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So then everyone's, like, shocked. At that point, that's where Stan tells the public defender that he's fired and decides to go back with Vinny. So Vinny goes back to contempt of court and he tells Lisa not to bail him out so he can actually get some sleep in jail. (laughs) Which is funny because there's, like, some sort of prison alarm that goes off and he, like, sleeps right through it. So the next day, they're back in court and we have the two other witnesses. So the first witness, she has glasses and she says she saw the witnesses get in the car and drive off from about a hundred feet away yeah well Vinny brings out his like measuring tape and and goes about 50 feet and asks her how many fingers he's holding up and then the judge is like let the record show that defense is holding two fingers and then he's like your honor (laughs) it's pretty funny and then he's like oh and he's like he's like mrs whatever her name was and and only How many fingers am I holding up? Long story short, she says four and when it's really two. So she can't see shit. She needs a thicker set of glasses. Yeah. And then there's another witness who says he saw them through the window and identified them. But basically, he lives in a house that's got like these dirty ass screens on these dirty ass windows and and a bunch bunch of trees trees and and bushes uh, blocking his way. So basically... He proved that he didn't see shit. So Vinny's feeling kind of good about the case right now. But then that night, Trotter, the prosecuting attorney, calls and says, oh, I have a surprise witness. He's like, well, you know, you have to disclose that. And he's like, oh, you'll you'll get it tomorrow, pretty much. And so he goes and asks Lisa, oh, where's all that shit about disclosure that we talked about? And so he kind of reads through the law book to find how to ask for a continuance to go over the new evidence. Or object to the witness. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, he tries to object to the new witness because he hasn't had time to, like, review him or whatever. And he makes a really good statement, but then the judge still denies it pretty much. So Trotter's surprise expert witness is a automotive expert from, I think, the FBI. He says that the car the defendants had, which is a Buick Skylark, had the same tires that were in the pictures of the tire mark. Yeah, the exact, like, model and width as the the tire marks. They're identical. Yeah. <laughs> So Vinny kind of is like, oh crap. So they go to lunch and Vinny gets called into the judge's chamber. And the, all throughout the story, he's kind of been telling lies about who he is and his credentials. Because he said like he's this Jerry Gallo guy who was a famous attorney in New York, but I guess he died. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, which he didn't realize when he said that. So he's like, no, no, I'm Jerry Gallo with the C. And he's like, we're going to figure this out right now. Luckily for him, like the office was closed till three. And he's 
he's got 90 minutes to figure this out. So over lunch, he's like, I got to win this case and get the fuck out of Alabama. Yeah. So he's going over the pictures and Lisa's trying to help him, but he gets pissed off at her and she leaves and he's just like, what am I going to do? Because these kids are going to go to jail and get bride. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Because it's Alabama. And (laughs) and they have the electrocution. And so he's like, what am I going to do? So he had looked at her pictures and he doesn't know what to do. So he's going to cross examine the FBI expert, but he doesn't really get much, just that there's lots of cars with that tire. Yeah, that particular brand and model. But then he's looking at the picture that Lisa took and realizes something. So he's asked for a continuance because something happens. We don't know what. And he asked the sheriff to run something for him. And then he's trying to get Lisa. And she's outside the courtroom on the phone. He's like, I need you. I need you in the court. And she's like, fuck you. I hate you. Leave me alone. Because she's pissed. Yeah. Right? She's legit mad. She's like, you're <laughs> an asshole. He drags her into court and she tries to leave. And they're like, we need to bring her to the stand. So basically, he wants to present her as an expert witness because she knows a lot about automobiles. And the prosecution and everyone else is like, this bitch don't know shit about yeah. cars. So she finally gets ordered by the judge to answer the questions and she's under oath. Basically, the prosecution wants to test her to see if she actually knows anything about cars or if, you know, he's just putting his fiance on the stand for no good reason. So he asks her an automotive question and she's like, that's a bullshit question. And he's like, yeah, because you don't know the answer. And she's like, no, no, no. It's a trick question. And then she goes on to give like all this automotive expertise about how this mom that he was asking about wasn't made in this year. But if it was made and blah, 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 then like the correct tuning time would be this and shit. I don't know shit it was about like, cars. It was the ignition timing of some type of car. I don't yeah. remember. So he's like, okay, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> So then Vinny hands her the photo that she had taken previously and says, according to this photo, does the defense's case hold water? And so she looks at it. She's like, no. She goes on the long rant about the tire marks because in the picture of the tire marks, it shows that the tire goes up over the island and the tire marks are parallel. Whereas on the Buick Skylark, which is an older model, like one wheel would go up and the other would kind of tip to the side because they don't have independent rear suspension. So basically proves that there is no way that the defendant's car could have made these tire marks. So she's all pleased with herself and Vinny's like, yes. And everyone's like, there's no way. And then they recall the FBI expert and he agrees with her that the Buick Skylark could not have made this particular tire mark that went up on the embankment. So the only car that could have made the marks that came in a mint green color like their Buick Skylark was the Pontiac Tempest. So the sheriff comes in and Vinny had the sheriff check on if there are any Pontiac Tempests that have been involved in any crimes recently. And sure enough, it comes back that two men fitting the defendant's descriptions were arrested in a Pontiac Tempest in Georgia. Yeah, and they also found a 357 Magnum. Which was the same caliber that killed the clerk at the sack of Osad's 
So due to all this new testimony, the prosecution decides to drop the charges and basically Vinny won. And everyone's happy. But now Vinny needs to get the fuck out of Alabama because the judge's going to find out that he is not Jerry Callow. So he's like trying to get out and everyone's congratulating him. And he's like, I got to go or else I feel like I'm going to be in Alabama forever. <laughs> yeah. So finally, he's like almost at the door to the car. But you see the judge there and he's got like a fax in his hand and he's like, oh, shit. So the judge comes over and is like, I just want to shake your hand, sir. And he like puts his hands up like he's going to cuff him, but he doesn't. But he shakes his hand instead. <laughs> and he's like, I just got back a fax about the very lucrative career of Jerry Callow. And it's an honor. And he's, Vinny's like, what the fuck? So he gets in the car and just, you know, thank you and leaves. And then finally you find out that Lisa during that break was on the phone with a friend of Vinny's, Judge Malloy, who basically was the one who helped Vinny through law school. And she had called him and he faxed in a very reputable resume for Jerry Callow. And it's funny because at the end when they're driving, he's like, oh, well, you know, I won my first case. You know, that means she's like, oh, you think I'm going to marry you now? And he's like, what? You're not going to marry me? He's like, no, you can't even win your first case without any help. You're fucking useless. Yeah. He's all mad because, oh, I wanted to do it on my own. And she's like, well, God forbid. It'll be like a thing from now on that you'll win all these cases, but you'll never be able to do it alone. Oh, how awful. And to think you might have to actually say thank you to someone. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of continue on. And Vinny's like, oh, well, I thought we could get married this weekend. She's like, that's not romantic. I want a wedding with bridesmaids and flowers. They bicker some more as they ride off into the sunset. And that's the end a really really funny movie i know if you haven't seen it we probably gave everything away but it's really good and the, just the comedy between those two is just on point like the whole way through i mean some of yeah. it we didn't even get into biological clocks ticking all this funny stuff and it's the two utes <laughs> it's just a lot of good like raunchy humor there's like you know kick-ass humor there's all types of stuff which is why like my dad yeah like a wall of this movie it probably helped too because my dad he wasn't a lawyer but he worked at a law firm so he knew a lot of lawyers and they could be kind of yuppie-ish sometimes <laughs> yeah and like just all the sarcastic nature of everything was like hilarious and just outsmarting like people with with your gambino gumption <laughs> yeah and our dad being italian too also loved this movie because he called it an italian classic <laughs> <laughs> so yeah So today in the brain basement, I was thinking a lot about my cousin Vinny and things I used to do with my dad. My dad wasn't really into like sports or normal like father things like fishing and stuff. So our kind of weird bond thing was we went to musicals together. Of course, you know, I couldn't get him to go to like every musical. He wasn't going to rent. But um <laughs> or like kinky boots or anything <laughs> but we you know went to a lot of like the jersey boys and the carol king musical and um things like that we went to avenue q together and listening to you can be as loud as the hell you want while making love um while sitting next to your father is not uh the best feeling in the world <laughs> but there was a funny thing where the bad news bears were all like it's more economical to buy like a six pack of beer than just 
just a can and like I knew like that jazzed him up because he was like (laughs) he was a math person and was like that so then I was thinking about like oh my god what if they made a Micah's and Vinny musical like how funny would that be because I could totally see it you know transitioning into a musical and the songs would be like two youths what's What's that that? two youths what's that (laughs) two youths I mean (laughs) and like I don't know my biological clock is ticking like this And, like, the stuttering public defender could, like, have a song. It'd be great. And so then I looked up online, as I do, because I like to research things. And so it turns out, like, the creator of My Cousin Vinny was actually, like, considering making a musical. Since, you know, this really never had a sequel. It did have that CD rap album sequel, (laughs) which was pretty funny. I did buy that for my dad, but I don't know where it is. (laughs) I can't find it. Yeah, and then I found out that there was actually a Bollywood adaption of My Cousin Vinny, which I need to see but i don't know where i can watch apparently they got sued by the studio yeah for lots of money but i don't know if it ever even came out but it was made so hopefully i can see it someday i don't know it's probably awesome <laughs> but i'm praying one day that this musical does come out because i will be the first to go and see it <laughs> all right and that's it for the brain basement So in today's music spotlight, we're going to talk a little bit about the music that our dad used to play in his convertible. So he had a convertible and when we drive around, when you get on the freeway, he turn up the music super loud so he could hear it, you know, whatever, which was fine until you got off the freeway and we're at a stoplight and the music was blaring (laughs) and everyone near you could hear it. And the music my dad used to listen to was super fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so True. we made a list of the top five embarrassing songs that we had to listen to and be in the car and hope no one saw us while we were in the car with our dad. Okay. <laughs> so first up on the list is African Mabata looking for the perfect beat. Okay, backstory on this song. My dad had a co-worker. She like had a dance class or something. And he asked me to make a mixtape of dance songs for her. So me being a big 80s fan, I made a mixtape of 80s songs. I just put them in alphabetical order because I wasn't trying to like put them in a specific order. And so the first one on there was Africa Mbada's Looking for the Perfect Beat. So my dad ended up liking it and asked me to make him a copy of it as well. Which my dad probably didn't even know this fucking song. No, but he liked it regardless. And so thank you, Monkey, for putting (laughs) it on the CD because... Super blaring, like, looking for the perfect. And, like, no, I have a better story, too. We were on the way to your college graduation, (laughs) and we're driving, and we get stopped because there's an accident on the freeway. So we're stuck in traffic, and we're in Oakland, and this (laughs) song is blaring, and it's hilarious. My mom's in the car, too, and she's just like, oh, my God. She's, like, hiding her head in shame. Like, this is so embarrassing. I thought it was funny, kind of, but, yeah. So that's that story. 
All right, moving on to number two, which is from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which we will be mentioning quite a bit because my dad loved the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. And, and loved, the movie. And loved Dirty Dancing. <laughs> we went to the musical, all that good stuff. Uh, so number two is She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Do your breath in my face Your body close to me she's like the wind she's coming close to me can't look in the mass she's out, out of my league just a fool to believe i have anything she needs she's like the wind yeah imagine that blaring <laughs> um we weren't singing along but you can imagine you can imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> moving on the third song on the list is three dog nights easy to be hard especially people Had the whole Three Dog Night CD in the convertible. Actually, this was our mom's fault because that was her CD. Oh, And okay. Three Dog Night have, you know, some good tunes, but the, it was like their greatest hits. And it had like 20 songs on there. And I, I don't remember no, like drive. I don't know where we hits. went, but I, <laughs> ha- I heard like Joy to the World like four times that day. And it was just like, not a bad song, but I was done with it. Yeah, I was done with sure. it. But yeah. If you know Easy to be Hard, like, you know, it's, like, kind of very moody. It's like, how can people be so heartless? When you're, when you're cruising down the street in the convertible, it's, like, it's not, it's not the song you want to be listening to. Yeah. All right. Moving along to number four. <laughs> number four, not a bad song, just not a song you want to listen to with your parents, is Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. I'll make love to you. Now, Boys to Men, that CD was the jam. It was. You know it was. Everyone had that CD. And we were up on vacation. And that cassette, it was a cassette at the time. Don't judge. Was in the car. And I remember just feeling the shame of having to listen to that song with my parents. It was awful. Yeah. So next up on the list is another one from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. This has to be the worst song to have With your parents (laughs) blaring, I mean, you have to pray that no one sees you. So it's off of the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which has a lot of good songs. But again, not songs that you want blaring while people can see you with your parents. 
So this one is Mary Clayton, yes. Which basically goes, ooh, yes. we're gonna make a love, gonna feel alright. Yes. And yes, you don't want that playing. I have a story in too public. about that one. Me and my dad, we were like somewhere kind of far away and we were like coming back home. We were on the freeway again. We're in traffic's kind of slow and the song's playing and this other convertible with these like gangster looking dudes are next to us and they're playing their music and my dad's over here playing yes we're gonna make a love I'm like oh and oh my god I think I was like in high school at the time too and I was just like hell embarrassed yeah I remember getting caught like before we got on the freeway so it's quieter and the song was playing super loud yeah I didn't want to make a love because it wasn't going to feel all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was not feeling all right. All right. And the last song is our honorable mention, which is Huey Lewis in the News, Working for a Living. Working for a living. Working. Working for a living. Working for a living. Living and a working. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. Given because we're working for a living. And I just put this one on because I know that was another one that um, he used to listen to. This one wasn't as embarrassing. Yeah, Huey Lewis is fine, but yeah, he had the CD in his car, so that was one he played a lot. Yeah. All right, and that's it for our music spotlight. If you want to hear the songs in full, you can check out our Spotify list on our website. So that's it for our Father's Day special. Thanks for hanging out with us and sharing some memories of our dad. I hope everyone has a great weekend. And to all the fathers, happy Father's Day. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at show at gmail.com. You can check out our website at spunkynsnarkyshow.wordpress.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can do that on our Anchor website, which is anchor.fm slash Snarky show. Thanks again. Thanks for enjoying the past with us, and you have a great one. Bye bye.